Hi, it's Mark Aflalo on behalf of Mitchell Whitfield and myself. Thank you so much for taking a listen to this podcast. Do us a little favor if you would. If you love the show, give us a five-star review and don't forget to follow us at Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. We appreciate it and we love doing the show for you guys. Without further ado, here's today's episode. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. We are back on Your Tech Report. Thank you guys so much for being here with us each and every single week. If you aren't already, subscribe to our uh, channel on YouTube. Please do that. If you aren't already, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you may get your podcasts, for example, the uh, SiriusXM app. Please do so. It makes us feel all giddy inside. Right, Mitchell? Oh, just, yeah, of course. Butterflies and everything. I, we love it. We do love it. Butterflies like and everything. Who doesn't like knowing that they're being listened to and appreciated? We do this for you guys. I mean, we enjoy it, our, we enjoy it ourselves, but we do it for you. So, yes, please do listen and watch. That is the voice of Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. I'm Marco Flatlow in Montreal. Again, if you want to follow along on all the social media, it is at Your Tech Report. A couple of things I wanted to bring up this week with you, Mitchell, and have mm-hmm. a conversation about. Um, I, I've been... <laughs> uh, I, I've been uh, what's the word? I don't even know what the word is, but I, I've been wanting to bring this up since Halloween because okay. I was in touch with our friends over at Lutron. You Lutron, you know, you know, supply oh, yes. all the lights in my house. And by a supply, I mean I buy them. No one supplies anything here. I, I go out and buy this um, because they're my my. They're reliable. Honestly, they're one of the light light switches that are the most reliable, and they've really expanded their line of smart home stuff. And one of the things that they've released recently is a great outdoor plug. It's part of the Lutron Cassetta ecosystem, and the outdoor plug is perfect. It would have been perfect if I brought it up for Halloween, obviously, for all your Halloween decorations to be able to turn those on and off, obviously, with your phone. But now leading into the holiday season, you've got Thanksgiving, you've got the Christmas lights and everything, both indoor and outdoor. It's a perfect opportunity for you to automate that stuff. So if you're like me that had the Christmas decorations outside and leave them on all the time, maybe you should get one of these cassette switches or these outlets so you can actually turn them on and off or Perhaps you want to take advantage of the fact that you can automate this by doing scenes like when the sun goes down, lights go off. That's what I have said. What do you use? Actually, you know what? Right now I'm using Wemo because I had some Wemo plugs around the house and I have one. I have a couple that I use, uh, one for landscape lighting outside. And uh, because and this is why I tell people to have the best Wi-Fi you possibly can, even overdo it in terms of what you need for your square footage or for your property, because everything is being con- controlled by Wi-Fi these days. If you have automatic sprinklers, if you have outdoor lighting, and it works fantastic. But like you said, holiday lighting and uh, landscape lighting are both on schedules. Uh, one is set to come on when the lights go down. You know, it's really cool. When you do the sunset thing. It's really smart. It's kind of a no-brainer, and it takes into account when sunset and sunrise change due to. Change Change of time, change of year. So it really well, so is sort of a turnkey sort that's of event. That's something you yeah. actually, you know, you, you touched upon, and I wanted to mention that too, and I didn't even realize this, of course, until they reached out to me, until it did it by itself. With all the automations, you never have to worry about the time change. You never that's have to worry saying. about stuff like that. It just happens for you magically. I love and how yeah. that works. And that, but that's only, and that's why I always tell people, just leave it, especially if it's something like lighting, where sunrise and sunset are very easy setting points. Just let it do sunrise and sunset because it automatically accounts for time, you know, and, and not just, you know, daylight savings and all that time, but as the year goes on, you know, sun, the, the amount of sun that we have during the day changes throughout the year. So it will constantly change along with your changing lighting needs. So yeah, it's, it's a great thing to do. Yeah. And, and uh, the Lutron side of things works with Alexa, I'll go, so I was a Google Assistant, HomeKit, uh, Rings Video Doorbell, very 
very cool stuff. And one of the other features I wanted to throw in there was the smart away feature, which is really cool because when you're actually out of the house, you can actually make it seem like you are at home. So if people are trying to home alone your home, uh, you can you can not have to worry about that, which is pretty cool. And by um, the way, I am making Macaulay Culkin face, which no one can see right now except for you, Mark. So I'll take my hands off my cheeks. Real quick question. Hold that thought of where you're going right now with the next thing you were going to mention. You just mentioned HomeKit for a second. Uh, with everything that Google is doing every the, the, and how entrenched Google and Amazon both are in terms of home automation and smart homes, it, do people still care about HomeKit being part of the equation? Does Apple still care about HomeKit? I'm only mentioning that because they're so far behind. And at a certain point, they're going to have to say, OK, yeah, we'll still do something so we can say we're doing it. But eh, really, if you want to get the connected home, we're happy if you go with, you know, any of the other services. Um, OK, so. Did Here's I, bring up a deal. I still yeah, okay. use HomeKit across the across the board. I know you do. That's why I'm asking you. Yeah. And the reason I do it is because we're an iOS family and we use iOS devices across the board. However, I don't use my HomePod to control my house. Everything that is HomeKit compatible is also compatible with Alexa. Sorry, I didn't say anything. It's also compatible with <laughs> Google Home. So I went with the Amazon Echo ecosystem in terms of the smart speakers and the assistant. So did we. Yeah, because it is the most advanced, has the most skills, and really, really the most feature. It's the most compatible, really. It's and, most compatible and, with everything. Yeah. And listen, you know what puts them over the top is they did release a robot. So now there's, <laughs> it's not out yet, but it's coming. Astro's it's still, coming. it's going to be there. Yeah. Um. So I went with that in terms of my smart speaker ecosystem, and it works with everything that is HomeKit compatible in my okay. house. Yep. But I continue to make sure I buy things that are HomeKit because. What's happening over the next year, in the next couple of years, is that there okay. is an alliance between Zigbee, which is the standard for a lot of the smart home devices, with okay. Apple for HomeKit, with, with Amazon for Echo, with even Google, and they are going to all be cross-compatible and all work with each other the way they should properly in a standard that everybody is getting on board on. So you're going to have interoperability, you're going to have simplicity, you're going to have reliability and security across the board. So don't abandon it yet. There are a lot of cool things you can do with HomeKit that you can't do with other things. Oh, no, I just, you know, I'm not abandoning it. I just want to know if Apple still cared because they are so I far behind in terms of compatible devices now or devices that are out there. And I'm not talking about Apple products. I'm talking about third party products that decide to be HomeKit compatible when they're saying, well, Apple isn't really making as easy as Google and Amazon are. Here's so. the other thing that changed, though, since the creation of HomeKit. HomeKit required a chip. So you needed a chip, so you had to be certified to get that chip to be able to put in your devices and make it HomeKit compatible. Apple shifted course, and now okay. you can do that software-wise. Okay, so that's there's good. A so there's accessibility now. Okay. That are adding HomeKit support. For example, the Brilliant control panel. Brilliant is the name of the company. But they have this touchscreen that's on my on my wall right now. I that replaces see it, yeah. a light switch. And it added HomeKit compatibility. Okay, so, so not only they're making it easier in other companies, they're making it less expensive for other companies. They don't have to actually put a chip in their device correct. to make it compatible correct. with Apple. So and, and, that's and a really smart thing. And by doing it software-wise, they're able to add it afterwards. That's how Echo they can update it afterwards. Yeah, that's how Echo be added it afterwards. Um, that's how a lot of other companies are adding it afterwards. So, you know, I think there's a commitment there. I think there's a holding pattern going on as everybody gets their eggs in, a, in the same basket in terms of cross compatibility. But I think I gotcha. it's gonna it's gonna shine. It's gonna really shine. Aren't you and glad I brought this up because it's a, it's kind of a, important to talk about? It so. is. It is, especially when people are out there considering what to do. And I know a lot of people call me and say, "I know you're into smart home stuff. What should I do in my house?" And I really tell people, I say, "Listen, 
Um, the first thing to do, especially if you're like the friend of mine is building a house right now, I said, number one, before we even have a conversation about platforms and what devices to get, just make sure there's a, a network cable going to every room in that house. Yeah, have a physical an cable. Yeah, yeah. Because you can never replace wireless as efficiently as a physical cable. And think of places where you're going to want to put things like access points. So. Every floor should have an access point somewhere in the center. Or if you've got a nice sprawling longhouse, make sure you've got your ends covered and make sure you have Ethernet going to those places, even if you never use it. At that's least what, it's that's there. What I've been telling people the same exact thing. And again, this is for people who are starting from scratch or either building new or remodeling their home. One of the things people, it used to be, okay, how are we going to do our lighting and our electrical? Where are we going to put outlets? Well, now, if whatever you're putting in outlets, make sure you put in USB outlets in the wall along with your traditional outlets. They make them that they run in the same exact panel. Do that and make sure you have Ethernet, you know, plug-in ports, outlets, Ethernet outlets basically in every room. That's hardwired throughout the house because like you said, no substitute for being hard. Yeah. And that you don't have to worry and about interrupting your connection. Think so. about, okay, where am I going to put the TV on the wall? Because right. your TV on the wall needs a plug. And you yeah. don't want messy wires and you don't want to have to fish cables afterwards. If walls yeah. are open and you can at least have a rough idea of where something is going to go, you can put a network cable there. You can put your power there. And, Wouldn't and you rather have too many outlets than not enough, basically? Always. Just I have so many situations yeah. in my bedroom right now where I have two outlets behind my TV, Ooh. but I could use four. I want to put my Apple TV behind it. I want to keep I the TV behind it. I want the sound bar to hang underneath the TV without a wire having to go plug in places. And with yeah. these small, small form factor TVs, you very limited space the other thing to think of when you're doing a smart home is recess recess the power outlets have yep. them actually recessed in the wall a bit so that there's no cable sticking out and it makes it much cleaner to put things up i have Absolutely. a situation where i bought the samsung frame for my living room that's it's a 55 inch tv but and it it's has a flush mounted tv like a painting yeah, exactly it looks like a picture yeah. frame and it has one thin 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 wire that hangs down and i went to fish it and i didn't realize that my wall specifically where i was putting it has a cross beam Oh, God. Yeah. So how do you fish that behind a crossbeam? Well, thankfully, on the other side of that wall is my kitchen. And thankfully, on the other side of that wall is my fridge. So I'm able to take my fridge you go out, out and back in. Yeah, <laughs> I could cut the hole. It can look ugly. I could pass the cable around and no Don't one's going to see honey. it. <laughs> exactly. So uh, so th there are workarounds. But if you if you have the opportunity and you have open walls, you're doing construction, you're ripping down walls. Just think of anywhere you could put it and use um, as high quality cable as you can because standards will change over time and yep. even if you've got a dozen cables that aren't plugged into anything at least you have the ability to do you have it. the ability absolutely you know? like i said rather i'd rather have the i'd rather have the outlets be there and not need them than need them and not have them so yes better to overdo again a lot of these things are on the base right above the baseboards covered by furniture so put them in you will love us for that i promise you Xbox has announced that uh, a service that was initially rolled out to just a couple of Xbox gamers is now scaling out to all supported markets, and that is the ability to play Xbox Game Pass games from the cloud on your Xbox Series X and S. This means you don't need to download the whole game. You can actually stream it directly to your console, meaning you still take advantage of the console's gaming power and at least of the graphics power and are able to stream games that you don't have to necessarily spend four hours downloading four gigs worth of game onto your actual console. 
Very cool because you can jump in and out of games faster than if you had to download or had to process stuff. You could join friends gaming sessions a lot quicker and you can start something in one place and continue elsewhere if you happen to be cloud gaming, for example, on your Surface Pro 8 or your your Surface uh, Duo device. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? This is this is this is kind of a big deal and it's cool because again, I mean, uh, the, the the argument for cloud gaming is obviously there and being able to game on any device obviously there for people like we talked about possibly one day consoles going the way of the dodo which i hope never happens because i love having a physical console and still for those times when you're able to be offline although most consoles and games require some online uh, attachment uh, i still like having a console however you're talking about streaming to your console now another part you talk about the main possible advantage right now mark there's a huge issue for a lot of gamers with storage okay uh, the PlayStation classically, even though it has a, advertises one terabyte, it's probably closer to 800 gigabytes when you really take away the operating system and maybe less, maybe 700 and change. And the Xbox about 860 once you have the operating system and everything else. So with modern games, some games like Modern Warfare, I'm sorry, Modern Warfare, yeah. any of the Call of Duty games that take up a ton of storage, you know, you have, you have four or five of these big games that are on there and that's about it. So you either have to buy if you want the same speed playing your, you know, your new game to take advantage of the hardware. If you want to get that same gaming speed you, for the Xbox, you know, let's say the Series S and X, you have to buy their proprietary Seagate terabyte drive that plugs in, which is great. I have it to add more storage. But again, storage is a big deal. So to not worry about that storage and just be able to stream as many games from Game Pass as you want and not clog up those uh, hard drives, your SSDs, which are costly and not very big in terms of space. It's really brilliant. So that's one reason. I mean, that's one thing you just brought up that all that, hey, for people that are having storage issues, the cloud gaming is a great way to go. It is a great way to go. Uh, let's take a break. We've got great more, um, way more show coming up. Uh, thank you guys for being here again. If you want to follow along on all our social media, it is at your tech report. Of course, as I said, follow the podcast, follow the YouTube channel. Lots of really cool stuff coming up. Lots of cool stuff going on. Uh, if you're listening to us during the holiday season, and you're catching up on episodes. Happy holidays to you guys, to you and yours. We take a quick break and come back here on your tech report. Your tech report will be right back. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.